Greetings on January 20th. This is Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten. And today, wow, we just got to take on today as a day that we can win new souls. Just convert a few people over to a life with God. I know that's what he wants us to do. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power, for if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins. And rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dear God, as I begin this day, let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead. For I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind. Thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, help me to believe and understand. You know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know. But when tonight I rest, I hope that I can kneel and say, Dear God, I've tried my best. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And Lord, just for today, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, let me sow pardon. Where there is doubt, let me sow faith. Where there is despair, let me sow hope. Where there is darkness, let me sow light. And where there is sadness, let me sow joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive And it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Stay with us. Fasten your seatbelt. We're going to dig in deep to some good old prayers. Be right back. First Peter 1.13 Gird up your loins of your mind. When you pursue knowledge, wisdom, and truth, your mouth will speak words out of that abundance that will frame your world. Make it a habit to examine what your thoughts are chasing after and what your words are gathering to you. Remember, The world within not only colors the world without, but it also is its blueprint. Be intentional about what you hear, how you think, and what you speak, for you are setting the stage for the reality you experience. Bow your head. Father, I wear the helmet of salvation to protect my mind from negative thoughts that would derail your purposes and plans for me. Truth protects my integrity. Righteousness protects my reputation. The gospel of peace guides my every step. The shield of faith secures my future and destiny. And the sword of the Spirit grants me dominion and authority. I decree and declare a prophetic upgrading of my thought life. I cancel the effect of negative, self-defeating thought processes and patterns and put them under my feet. In the name of Jesus, amen. And Mark 4:11 says to you it has been given to know the mystery 
of the kingdom of God. Everyone loves to be in on a secret. One of the worst things is feeling left out when it comes to being in the know, as if everyone is aware of something vitally important except for you. But worse than that is the feeling that there are important things everyone should know, but few do. The Bible calls these types of secrets mysteries. For most people, life is exactly that, a mystery. But Jesus came to help us solve our mysteries. He came to give us knowledge of the truth. So bow your head. Father, open the eyes of my understanding and reveal your mysteries to me. Give me new strategies for dealing with the challenges I face. Guide me into all truth as I keep my eyes on you. Download prophetic insight so that my prayers will be strategic. I want more than feel-good prayers. I want my mouth to speak life into my circumstances, my day and my future. Renew my mind with the water of your word. I want to become more like you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. The key to victory in Christ and in this life is the knowledge and wisdom that unlock the mysteries of life. That is why God wants you to pursue wisdom and understanding above all else. Seek to know and understand how and why God created you. This is one secret you can be in on. There is overcoming power in knowing it is God's desire for you to succeed and prosper as well as, as well as knowing he has designed you to create success and abundance in every sphere that you influence. Bow your head. Father, open my eyes to see my gifts and abilities the way you see them. I come against every limiting belief now in the name of Jesus. I release the will of God into my life and into my day. Let the power of the Holy Spirit overshadow me. Teach me your ways, Lord, so that I may conduct my affairs in the most discerning, expeditious, and fiscally wise manner. Father, allow me only those with divine assignments to be drawn to me. Let the light of your word illuminate my path and open divine gates of access to new doors of opportunity. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
so beautiful. Just bask in the words from the Lord. Stay right there. We'll be right back with some more basking. In reading my Charles F. Stanley Bible principles, I came across a really good question. It says, what place should money take in my life? For some people, money is central. They worship wealth, which means that they devote most of their time, energy, and attention to its gain and use because they regard it as the key to power and prestige. Oh, I'd never worship the idol of affluence, you may say. But ask yourself these questions. How much time do I spend every day thinking about my financial life, my income, my bills, my past and upcoming purchases, my investments? In comparison, how much time do I spend meditating upon God's word? How much time do I spend every week working, shopping, or dealing with money? Hmm. In comparison, how much time do I spend seeking God in prayer and Bible reading or serving the Lord in church-related activities or any kind of outreach. You have to include all your trips to the automatic teller, discussions with your spouse about budgets, any spending plans and habits, and the time that you spend paying bills and balancing your checking account. Am I more likely to discuss my family and friends a hot stock tip, the cost of an item, a new business opportunity, or an insight that I have into God's word? Mm-hmm. Which topic is more likely to attract a greater amount of my energy my enthusiasm or concern, more wealth or a deeper understanding of our Savior. You may say that you trust God in every area of your life, but do you ever conduct business transactions, make purchases and investments, and enter into money-making opportunities without asking His opinion? or seeking his wisdom? When you leave the Lord out of your financial life, you are in grave danger of making money your idol. So how can you make sure that you don't fall into that deadly trap? You could begin by focusing on Philippians 4.19, where God promises to supply all your needs. All of us have very specific needs, emotional needs, physical needs, 
material needs, mental needs, and spiritual needs. God knows that our needs must be met if we are to carry out the complete life plan that he has ordained for us. By making intimacy with God your number one priority in life, you can be assured that he will meet all those needs. Jesus said it like this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that's Matthew 6, 33. Amen. God assumes full responsibility for our needs when we obey him. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. Anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. And you can never, ever outgive God. Amen. It's pretty special. Pretty special. Okay. God's purpose for your life. All right. Psalm 119.38 says, Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. What you may not know about God's word is the power in it. As you read scripture regularly, meditate on it and apply it. The Holy Spirit works through it to change your thought patterns and to transform your behavior. You begin to respond as Jesus responded and you begin to reflect his character. Paul referred to this process of changing you into Christ's likeness as sanctification and explained that it occurs by the washing of the water with the word. The more you read the Bible, the more it cleanses your your mind of sinful thoughts and desires. You begin to want what the Lord has planned for you. God's word changes us. That's one thing that separates the Bible from any other book ever written. It's transformational nature. You cannot read the very words and thoughts of the living God and not be inspired, not be comforted, not be convicted, and ultimately not be changed. The Holy Spirit implants into our minds and hearts and it grows the fruit of Christ's likeness. Through scripture, he trains us, gives us wisdom, heals our wounds, and encourages us. The only caveat is that you will have to allow him to work by trusting what he says. Mm -hmm. Jesus, teach me your word. 
Speak to me through scripture that I may know and grow in your likeness. Amen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is good stuff. Okay, and trusting God day by day, Joyce Myers writes, let joy into your life. Psalm 30, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Part of disciplining ourselves to celebrate life is refusing to live in mourning. There is a time to mourn, but we dare not let it become a way of life. The Bible says that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There are things that happen in life that rightfully need to be mourned over, but joy always returns to balance things out. We must let the joy back into our lives after times of sadness and not feel guilty about enjoying life after disappointment or even if a tragedy has struck. There is a time to mourn and a time to rejoice, but we must not live in that state of mourning. Part of life is dealing properly with sadness and disappointment. We cannot avoid them, and we should not deny the emotions that go with loss of any kind. But we can recover I was saddened when I learned that a trusted employee had been stealing from our ministry. But I rejoiced that God brought the wrongdoing to light and it was discovered. So I have a time of mourning when people I love die. But I can also rejoice that they knew Jesus and are spending an eternity with him. I am sad when I realize that I have let an area of my life get out of of balance through lack of discipline. But I can rejoice that I now see the truth and am back on track. For all morning, there is an offsetting reason to celebrate. And although morning is proper and is even part of our healing, it cannot and does not have to last forever. We cannot live in a state of mourning over things that have happened that we cannot change. In Christ, there is always a place of new beginnings, and that is good news worth celebrating each and every time. Trust in Him if You are in a time of mourning. Allow yourself to feel those feelings, but don't get stuck there. Trust that God has a plan for you and wants you to have joy in the morning. Good morning. I know that we have joy today. Now all we have to do is go out and bring joy to another. Spread love, 
spread kindness, bring joy to another. Thank you for coming to pray with me. We got a lot of blessings started. I just feel them. Come back tomorrow so we can pray some more. Bye for now.